0: Hey everyone, it's Jason with 40ish, and yeah, we actually got to talk to somebody who works in LEGO Education as a Master Trainer about all the cool things that LEGO Education has to offer, and of course we talked about the toys because that's the purpose, right? Let's get into it right now with Kelly Redden, Master Trainer for LEGO Education. everyone and welcome to another episode of 40ish where jason
1: inserts skullduggery into as many sentences as he can
0: you know what happened today is my co-workers did I you today. go to meyer i didn't go to meyer i actually avoided meyer for everything that i was today no i have learned from my co-workers that apparently they know when i'm feeling under the weather because i insert Uh, old timey words and skullduggery apparently is one that I included. I used the word alas. Oh. Um, Oh it's not because you wear a monocle and use a top hat. Uh, (laughs) Nah, although a top hat wouldn't be a terrible idea. I wouldn't I I wouldn't be opposed. So uh well joining us as always, uh, Mr. John Moody. Good evening. And Mr. Lance Aber. Greetings from North Carolina, Mazletoff. And uh, we are excited to welcome in our continuation of uh, awesome guests that we have. Uh, This person, I've actually been excited to talk to since we actually booked this episode back in October of last year. Uh, Someone who shares the same title as me, but totally different companies. And I'm excited to talk to uh, uh, LEGO Education Master Trainer, Kelly Redden. Kelly, welcome to 40-ish.
2: Well, thank you, and I'm excited to be here. It should be a lot of fun this evening.
0: It should be. That's the caveat. It yeah, should it be. Will be. It should be. <laughs> as should, it's, it will. It will. Right. Uh, so before we get into a whole series of questions that we've got and learn all the cool stuff we can learn, Kelly, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do?
2: All right. Well, I started out as a teacher before I came to work for Lego Education, so I think that's important. But my job now as Global Master Trainer and Solutions Engineer is one where I go out to the uh, schools and work with salespeople, because I do not sell, and I try to uh, work with the district to see what their vision is for a STEM or STEAM implementation. And then we try to get a continuum from pre-K through 12 so that they can have a consistent working you know, hands on projects all the way through. And then we work with the implementation. How do you do that? Because you really don't want to try to do an implementation pre K to 12 all at once. you want to space that out, not only monetarily, but your teachers, you're, you you do not want to kill your teachers either. So we want to do that. Um, I also do keynote speeches on creativity, women in STEM, um, playful learning, different, different avenues from there. And I also do workshops with teachers and administrators throughout the United States and even beyond. So it's really fun. I get to play with toys for a living. How's that? (laughs)
0: That's pretty solid. I'm I'm pretty pretty cool. (laughs) So it's interesting. We we share some of the same background. So I was a elementary school teacher for many years before I joined the ranks of what I do now. And uh, uh, when I saw the the Lego connection. It really got me thinking about uh, the evolution of how Legos have changed since when we were kids to what it is now. Oh, come on. They're the exact same shape. No, see? They, are. they <laughs> At their core, the two-by-four is the same. But if you go to a store and buy a Lego set, the uh, while well, when we bought them or had them deli- given as kids or whatever it was, there was always the sense that you do what you could build because you were buying the the race car set or the tree right. set uh, mm-hmm. but the shapes were generic enough that you could make anything out of them right and it didn't matter if you got five or six sets and you threw them all in a bin it was okay where right. now in my my opinion is if you buy a lot of these specialty sets especially ones that are tied to like uh, movies or television shows mm-hmm. or specific lines They're so specific to whatever you're buying it for, like be it a Star Wars one or an Indiana Jones one. While they're super, super cool, there's not a lot of – I don't see a lot of like cross-pollination happening. There certainly should be. Right. But
2: what happens is that – and this is the retail, not the education side. Sure. But they – but most people buy a set for their kids, and they put it together, and the more expensive the set, the more likely it is they don't want to take it apart mm-hmm. want mm-hmm. to put it take on a bottle, shelf and then almost. you're going to buy another one whereas what that's part of the differences because in retail you're buying a set for your child to come home and play with pretty much by themselves or with you
0: mm-hmm.
2: and in education all of our sets are for at least two children to use and they the curriculum and the instructions are for that collaboration, creativity, you know, communication, critical thinking, all of that tied together. And we want you to, yes, we're going to give you guided projects to begin with. And then there's going to be a modification where we say, go forth and make your own or try something to make this even better. Mm-hmm. We gave you a model. Can you make it even better? Can you make the frog jump more like a frog rather than, And so I think that's one of the key differences between retail and Lego Ed and retail. There are 17, about 17,000 employees in the Lego group. Mm -hmm. Lego Ed has maybe 250. We're teeny tiny part of this big, big company. And I really think that's a benefit
1: Mm -hmm.
2: because many people don't realize this, but Lego group, is owned by the Christiansen family. It's not on the stock market anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So it's out of Bill in Denmark, and that gives a lot of latitude to creativity because you don't have someone that's beholden to stockholders saying, we want 12% this year. If you don't give us 12%, we're gonna take our money and go home. We can say, we think we ought to invest more this year in this particular area. Mm-hmm. And they can They can look at that as the family and say, "Yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do that and if that means that we just invest more in the company this year, we do and i I just think that's a real blessing to work for that type of a company
3: now uh, what type of what what are the some of the biggest challenges that you've seen in in your you know vast experience of working for Lego ed of Working with these school districts and, you know, trying to come up with these, these programs that are f- so far reaching. I mean, you said it you know, goes from K to 12. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. If, mm-hmm. Those, if those kits or those, those programs, I mean, what, what are the biggest challenges that you've seen as, a, as an educator, um, you know, with dealing with these school districts like that? A couple.
2: One is we want to do it all right now, all at once. And even though we know that that's too much at once, we need to bring it in like any program a little at a time.
3: Right.
2: Um, that's one. And the other is we want to do it. so cheaply that you aren't going to get the quality. The Well, you're not going to put in enough materials to be able to get a big enough bang for your buck. Right. Meaning, If I buy one class set of one thing and I plan to use it for, well, first, second, third, fourth, and fifth grade, you're like, but yes, it's possible to do that, but you're really stretching the curriculum to its extremes. Whereas we would say that would be great for first, second, and third grade, Oh, we have a better product for fourth and fifth. Can you use this product in fourth and fifth? Yes, but if you've already used it at first, second, and third, they're ready to move forward with more challenging things. And I see that happening where they're trying to be like, well, but could we just put that in there? Well, yes, you can, but it's better if you don't. You know, one of those. That's that's kind of the things where we know where it fits in the best, and they want to really stretch it to its extremes and and i get it because no school is flush with money Mm
1: -hmm. In,
2: in all honesty lego education is not the cheapest out there it's i would i would really argue that it's maybe the highest quality um in that i literally do go to schools every week and many weeks I will come across a school that still has our products up and running using them from 1997, 1999, 2001. And when I think back to my classroom, pencil sharpeners gone, magnifying glasses gone, textbooks gone, you know, um, any, any type of manipulative, usually done for. I mean, you ju- test tubes and all that, they just don't last. But these products last. The only reason people sometimes don't use our robotics anymore from those years is that their computers don't work anymore.
0: Right. But our right.
2: robotics, if you just have to have an old computer to run our CX. But our CX is still being used in competitions by people. And so is the NXT. And now we have the EV3, Evolution 3. It's not a quality issue. It's, you know, mm-hmm. all of our original simple machine sets, they're being used every day in the classroom. I mean, all over the United States and, and even beyond. So when I look at that, when I, and, and it's so true, if you, if you take care of your stuff, I mean, and the same people who have trouble taking care of like, a Lego set, oh, they all get pieces or broken and or gone or not broken, but gone let 's look at their test tubes and their all their other stuff, and their mm-hmm. other they have a hard time taking care of all everything of them, not just ours
0: you know it 's got me thinking, Kelly. Um, along the lines of, of longevity and making sure they get bang for their buck and how it's going to work. When a school system looks at, say, implementing a new technology, whether it's uh, mm-hmm. laptops, infrastructure, Chromebooks, a lot of times schools, and we did this too, we visit other schools who have piloted programs, who have tried mm-hmm. things out to try and uh, learn from their successes, learn from their failures. Does that happen in the Lego education world as well where you can
2: Absolutely.
0: pair when, schools up?
2: Right. Whenever you're going into a a school district, they want to know, has anybody like us used your program before? Well, probably so. Maybe not in your direct area, but if I get the demographics and stuff, I probably can point you to another principal that you can talk to or another CTE director or another superintendent or someone who can say, yeah, this is what we did. And, You know, there are a lot of schools do a little pilot where, or districts will do a pilot. So they pick five schools and they put it in and see how it works at those five places. And then they try to go to the next grouping, you know, and they learn, we all learn together what worked and what didn't. And the other other thing that probably goes back in here is that that is critical is professional development. If we don't have a chance to work with the teachers and train them the tips and tricks and how to use it and where the curriculum is and and where the the things are that are just extras that are there that you don't even know they're there. If we don't have a chance to do that, chances are it's going to sit on a shelf because you get a box of bricks and it has in there the instructions for where can you go to get help and all that. But we all know relationships are so critical in all of our aspects of our lives. But when you're a teacher and you have so many different things being asked of you from being the, you know, supervisor for the playground and your own classroom and you've got bus duty. Oh, and you are the social worker and you are the food service worker now and all of those things. One more thing thing because that's the way it might look to you if you just got it. More thing. I don't need one more thing. But when we do professional development, what we're trying to do is show them that this is not one more thing they have to do, but one more way, one more tool in their toolbox to teach what they need to teach already. This isn't extra. This is meeting your standards in a different way so that you're going to get hands-on creativity going on in your classroom, to get depth of knowledge. So I'll, I'll give you an example. If I am teaching math and I am just teaching, okay, we got a circumference of a circle and here's how you get two pi r and blah, blah, blah. All right, great what does that mean to me? But if I have a robot and it has a particular size wheel and I move it forward one rotation, one rotation of the motor with a direct drive to that wheel means that I can go forward one circumference of that wheel. So I can measure that. And now I can program in rotations or I can transfer that knowledge to degrees and and, programming degrees to a specific point. Now I'm using my circumference and I'm using that knowledge where I'm going, oh, well, this is, this is useful knowledge now. I, I want to use that knowledge so that I can program it to get to a specific point and come as close to a wall as I can without knocking it over. Now I have use of that. Or... Okay, I've got to do algebra and I've got this unknown and I just am going to plug this in. But what if my unknown is the speed and I run a robot through a meter at full tilt at different power levels and I time it and then I can use that time to determine my speed through a formula. Now I want to because now it's important rather than two trains leave you know blah 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 time <laughs> and we are the one that we all went really
1: I don't
0: yeah yeah i
1: speed runs on my kids Legos right now and
3: we're done with this yeah no kidding <laughs> like, let's uh, let's see what we can let's see what we can do um, yeah. I I've got a question the um, do you. With working with school districts, do you ever have an opportunity to or do you have another division or anything in Lego Ed that um, works with any corporations for because the corporation I'm working, I work for. We every year we have a take your child to work day, um, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of project. And do you ever work with any um, any type of corporations with, you know, coming up with curriculums for students with or for like. Take your child to work day events or something like that?
2: We can. We can indeed. And I have done some corporate uh, work before. I have done, um, it's been a few years since I've actually gone into somebody like uh, General Electric or Alcon or something like that. But mm-hmm. yes, we have. Um, it's definitely not, we are not doing corporate events. Right. Like, okay, I'm going to go and try to sell into. Let's say general Electric, Right. But if they're gonna have some type of STEM activity with kids and whatnot, yeah, we absolutely do. So, and then there are some times that a company will want to work with a school district to sponsor something. So I I have seen this happen where a company says, We're gonna have our own STEM day within our company. And then we're going to donate the materials that we bought for our engagement into that local school district. And they will tie us together so that we can go in and potentially do professional development so that that those materials will get used.
3: Yeah. Cause the, the, company I work for, I mean, we also do a, um, a, a science day at, uh, at schools and, um, you're at a school once a year mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to maybe get in contact and uh, talk a little bit more about that offline. But sure, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: We, Liam we try we really Lance wants to, to play them. with Legos. That's what? really it. Well,
3: it's it's weird you, you say that, John, because I grew up not having Legos. You what? I never, I never How had. How did really,
1: you survive?
3: I, I, I know, and it's I never had Legos growing up as a kid. And it uh, I you know, didn't. It, I, I, it was, I
2: didn't. We couldn't afford them.
3: But, I, I don't know. What, I don't know what what my issue was with them or what, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's. I mean, I never. I, I, I don't even because I've got a small little little plane thing that I you know, put together in high school, but I still have that somewhere here in, uh, in my place. <laughs> it's, uh, but yeah, it's. You know, I you know I've always enjoyed Legos and I've always wanted to you know build you know build those some of those nice big sets. But um, so
2: they are neat and. Yeah. It, and it, it, you know, and they have a range of, on the retail side, they have a nice range from really simple little sets and then they have Creator and then they have Technique and the Technique, the Technique ones are really the ones that are like Volvo and, you know, different big models that move and the engines run and the, you know, and they spin. Like I, I, I made one, um, not long ago that I really think is cool, and it's an excavator and and it right. will actually move on its track in different directions and then you can move the 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 uh, t- the track and the different parts of it i mean it's it's really neat to see how they do because it, it's motorized and then you know the ferris wheels and the merry go rounds all those are motorized you can do that it's it's way cool
3: yeah.
1: Well, I even noticed a lot of the simpler uh, sets now mm-hmm. are almost halfway towards the Technic stuff, what it was like when I was growing up. Like, cause that was the stuff that I was always like thought was super hard. Now, some of the stuff my kids are getting, I'm like, wait a second. How is, <laughs> how does this have half of this already yeah. incorporated into it? Yeah. And, I, uh, I was waiting was to tell we're there. Enough for that. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> You like the ones where you can choose one of three. I love those where you can say, oh, I can build A or B or C. So they give you all three directions. And then of course you can take it apart and make whatever you want to.
3: Right. Make a D and an E and an F. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that that kind of leads me into another question I had about you. You mentioned creativity. uh, Mm -hmm. um, In Have you ever heard of a uh, person by the name of Doug Hall? maybe he's um he, he runs a uh, what's called the eureka ranch um oh okay in, uh, yes. near cincinnati ohio yeah and um it's he, he's written a number of books about creativity and how you know how to play and you know how adults and you know it, it, he, he he's more focused on corporations and stuff and how to how to get that creativity flowing back into the uh in, into the corporate world but He talks a lot about playing, and you know, I've 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 always thought it's like when when do we when do we as adults stop playing, and you know when do we when do we stop you know playing with Legos or playing with toys or you know because when do we when does that imagination you know get stifled and um, you know I obviously I mean John and Jason both have kids I don't have kids but you know and so they've they've seen and they've experienced that, you know, growing up in, in a, you know, kind of a different perspectives and I have it, but it's like, when, where is, when is that, that, that creativity stops? And, you know, as an educator, where, where would you think that, that is? Well, stopping?
2: there are studies um, on that very subject. And I believe it's creativity.org or creative.org. I can't remember which one, but they've done some studies and actually when you're like two, you have a genius level of creativity. Mm -hmm. And by the time you start, you are in school, it goes down and it goes down and it goes down until 2% of the population has a genius level of creativity by the time you're in like high school. Wow! And 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 then it kind of plateaus and it's, it's really sad, but I I think that part of it is, yes, we need conformity because we do have rules. We don't want to go, hey, I think I'll be creative today, and I'm gonna drive on the left side of the road <laughs> and see what happens. You know, no, I mean we have to live within rules and the norms of society. But one one of my big premises is When kids start school, we are in a big hurry to make sure that everybody gets to the right answer quickly. And we know from all the years that have gone in before us how the most efficient way to get to point A is, whether it's in math, whether it's in reading, whether it's in social studies, whatever it is, we know the most efficient way to get there for the majority of people. So that's what we do. And I think that we teach creativity out of it because now to have a different opinion, and especially you know this for, for the people who have children or when you think back yourself, middle school, you don't wanna be different. You wanna fit in exactly oh, yep. so Be that person who goes, well, can't you do it this way? everybody looks at you like, what? So you're not going to do that. I mean, it's the rare person who does that. So I taught, I taught all kinds of different grades and different subjects. But when I taught algebra, the first day of class, my kids, I didn't give out their books, which freaked them out, because of course, you're supposed to get your book the first day, right? Right. I put 10. And this is part of what I put into my creativity speech as well. But three 10 digit numbers on the board and put a plus sign in a line and said, how do you do that? And they would say, Mrs. Redden, this is algebra. And I would say, yeah, yeah, it's algebra. So just tell me how to do it. And they would, you know, have this long pregnant pause and somebody would finally raise her hand and say, okay, you start in the upper right ones column and you add the first number to the second and the third to the fourth, blah, blah, blah. And you put a number down at the bottom and then you carry over. Yeah, exactly. Now who has another way? And they'd look at me like, what? And pretty soon somebody would raise their hand and go, from the bottom of the ones column, we're gonna go up and then carry, you know, carry over mine. Like, yeah, absolutely. And then I'd put them in groups of four and I'd say, come up with 10 more ways to do this problem. And it was brutal. You would have thought, I said, I want you to define Einstein's relativity theory, you know? and 10 words or less and
3: using dog samples
2: it, you know <laughs> then i would say how many people don't believe that you can start from the hundreds column and everybody would raise their hand and i'd say why you were lied to then because yes you can if you understand place value you can start in the tens column you can start in the hundreds column and guys t- we're going to do subtraction, and we're going to start in the thousands column. And I'm going to show you how it can be done. Because if they could understand that, then when we need to manipulate numbers in that numeracy fashion later, you know, when we're doing some big algebraic equation, then they can go, Oh, well, yeah, because there's more than one way to do this. And I never cared if they did it the way it was in the book. If they could explain it to me and it was mathematically sound because not everything that they come up, yeah, it'll work for this problem. But what if I put a zero in the, in the middle position? Nah, it doesn't work anymore. So, you know, it has to be mathematically sound, but there are 10 ways to do everything. Same thing with a science project. Yes, there are some no-nos. We're always going to have some constraints, But does it matter if it takes 12 steps rather than 10? No. If you understand 12 steps, what's wrong with that? And when we go into computer science, yes, there are very efficient ways to write programs. And is there anything wrong with that? No. But what's the ultimate goal and purpose? Because if I am writing something, that is a quick little program, boom, and somebody's gonna go use it just as it is, fine. Efficiency's excellent. But what if I'm preparing a website and we know we're gonna have more products or different products, or we might wanna have a banner with six instead of four, you know, headlines or whatever. I need to have redundancy, I need to have things in there that will allow for the future and It's not going to be me necessarily that writes it. I may be handing it off to Lance and Lance runs from there. But if he can't, if if I've made it so tight and so, you know, he can't figure out what the heck I did, then he has to start from scratch. Mm -hmm. Why do you want to do that? We have to teach kids that they have to communicate well with other people. People they don't even know are going to read what they did. You know, because I don't know who's going to replace me, but I need to have communicated something that I'm doing, especially in computer science and where it's going to, they're going to have to work on my website. I need to have a way that they can do that. Just because I leave, the whole place doesn't go. She's gone. Boom. Better better hire somebody to do a whole new thing.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, yeah.
2: We have to learn to communicate, collaborate, and it doesn't have to be the most efficient way to get effective, but not efficient. And, it, and I think because we teach efficient as premier, so in many cases, that's, that's what leads us to the path of we can't be creative.
3: Well, and that's because yeah, I, I, I I'm always looking at the, the, the efficient way of doing things, but that's that's where my creativity comes from. Is because okay, you know, if we're doing it, if we're doing it, the, the process has ten ten different steps. How can I do it in four? You know, it's a, how can I make it efficient? And so that's that's where my creativity is on the back end. Instead of you know saying okay, you know, it's so efficient and you know we can't do fourteen steps, but. Um, you know, I'm, I'm the other way around, but it's... But, it, that, but that is creative sometimes. Yeah, yeah and that's... Yeah, and that's, see
2: a process that you can simplify, that's mm-hmm. excellent. Mm-hmm. But if, we, if you don't understand the big picture because you've only been taught this section, right. that's what I'm always concerned about. Yeah. And there should be more than one way to get there. And there's sometimes a reason for doing the most efficient way and the
3: not most efficient way yeah the, you know, like you said too. your the the kits that you said sell to these schools are you know um, it, it you, you've you got you've got a B and C but okay but how can the kids how can the kids create D E and F and mm-hmm. you know where how and that's where I mean because you, you've got the you've got the conformity of saying okay there's there's three three instructions here but you take the instructions and blow it out and do what you, know, do what you want with it. And yeah. that's, that's what's interesting about, this, you know, about that whole Lego.
2: Agreed. You know, you know. And, and we are really all about project-based learning. And like I said, we have to have a background for the kids. We have to give them a building experience and a coding experience if it's robotics. So we give them that in guided practice. And then we blow that up and say, all right, now that you've had this, you have the underpinnings. Now, take what you learned about an elevator and take what you learned about um, you know, moving materials, and can you make a forklift? But we're not telling you how.
1: But right. you, yep. you can
2: do it now that you know those other parts. And they're not gonna be the same. Yours and mine aren't gonna be the same. And that's okay.
0: Can you, Kelly, talk, so I got to be thinking about this this last couple weeks, knowing that you were coming on. Um, they've they've had, uh, there's a STEM lab at my kids' elementary school, or, you know, some people are calling them STEM lab, some people are calling them makerspace, sometimes are mm-hmm. one in, in, in the other. And my daughter, uh, so I have a daughter, same age as John has a daughter, and she has missed out on the STEM lab for like four or five straight weeks because we've just had horrific weather here yeah. in Michigan. And so they've had so Yes, you stuff. have. It's, <laughs> been, uh, it's been fun. So she has had the opportunity to go these last couple weeks and only comes home talking about building with Lego. And it's just irony that it worked out this way. <laughs> so one, I'm going to, I'm already looking, John, I'm already looking at basic Lego sets, like basic brick sets. So that's going to be mm-hmm.
1: a thing. Dude, I should send you the link because I just signed the kids up for Valentine's day for like a monthly Lego box that comes in and oh, much yeah. like this. It's got just no instructions, but just challenges.
0: I would love that to have excellent. you. Send me that link. So the question I've got Kelly is, can you speak to us a little bit about um, more of an inclusion of, of girls in the, in the STEM world, the STEAM world, in terms of the, what I would look at as the mathematical, the engineering part, the part that people typically say the girls fall off at a certain point. And yet, mm-hmm. when it comes to like analytical thinking and creativity, <laughs> and like they had a snow day today, and my daughter took every cardboard box we had in the house and built some amazing things out of them. And her challenge to herself was, I'm not going to use glue or tape. I'm just going to see if I can get stuff to fit together.
2: Cool.
1: So, so I uh, thought for a second she was going to use an arc welder.
0: <laughs> she would definitely <laughs> know would. That that that's <laughs> but, uh,
2: next week.
0: That's right. next week, right. <laughs> that, what month does that one get shipped to me, John? How does yeah. that work out? <laughs> I, I'm just uh, curious as to how you've seen um, hopefully the growth in that in the schools that you've visited or where are you seeing schools still fall down and how they could you know, reach out to those young ladies to, to uh, expose them to all the possibilities that there are?
2: Absolutely. So first, we know that they drop off starting in junior high school, because if their first exposure to engineering comes there, we have all that peer pressure. Remember, I'm not supposed to be good at engineering and math. And and I, and I will even I mean this is back in the '60s, in 1960s, but but I happened to go through my mom's '94, and we were going through some old papers, and she found some uh, a book that she had had me put every year. What's your favorite subject? What's your favorite teacher? Blah blah blah. So kindergarten, first, second, third, fourth, fifth grade. Oops. Ah, uh, it was. It was all math. Math, I love math, I love math, I love math, I love math. Sixth grade, middle school, right? Oh, I like reading. Now, Mm. I still loved math, but why didn't I like math anymore? And I can remember this, because there were only two of us who went into the advanced math, two girls. I wasn't with my friends anymore, right? I mean, that was really the way I thought back there and i don't know that i think that middle school girls are different when it comes to that mentality today now fast forward to today we're trying to get kids to go into engineering math science and especially we want more girls in computer science in those we know that we have to get them to have experiences and knowledge of jobs in elementary school so that they can think of myself as i'm doing stem this is not hard i even like it now we don't want everybody in stem i mean it, there's room for everybody but when, when I went to college and I took those college uh, exam things, they said, oh, you're really good in math. You should go into engineering or accounting. Or How many women were in engineering? Um, none. There weren't. In the school I went to, there were no women in engineering. I wasn't going to be a groundbreaking, you know,
0: oh. Mm-hmm. Know. That's like my experience being you know, one of a few guys in the early education School, yes, and
2: so desperately need men in Mm. elementary school. Why? Because we have so many single female head of household people with children in elementary who have not seen a well educated man.
0: Mm. Mm -hmm. I mean,
2: come on, we need that to say education is important. It's important to all of us, and those, and those young boys need men mentors in elementary school, not just the principal, although how many women are principals in elementary school? I'm not dissing them at all, but we need men in the classroom being a teacher that they get to see every day. When I was um, working in uh, the Baltimore area, and this has been many years ago, There was a young black man who was wonderful teacher. He he was a generational teacher. His father was a teacher. His grandfather had been a teacher, and he's a teacher. And Valentine's Day coming up tomorrow, right? Or in a couple days, he absolutely hated Valentine's Day because he would get probably between fifty and sixty valentines that said, "Will you please be my dad?"
3: Because.
2: dad. And they wanted this man who was such a good man, such a good man. And they saw that in him. And they were, you know, he'd get Valentine's like, will you please marry my mom? You know? And it just, it just was heartbreaking to him to have that happen. I mean, yes, it was There Surely there's a little side that, you know, says, Oh, my heart is touched, but it was, it was overwhelming to him, you know? and, Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, it, there's that need for those men there. Now, let's go back to the question, the original one. And that is, if we go into elementary school and middle school, but elementary especially, and we give talks to girls about jobs and we bring in like the Society of Women Engineers or we bring in other people who have worked together and have great jobs in STEM. So when I was at the New Jersey Institute of Technology, they had a wonderful forum for women entrepreneurs and women in these STEM roles. And they were talking about the great things they're doing. And I thought, you know, if this is what you thought of when you thought of, oh, I could be in STEM. As a as an elementary school and middle school girl, they would have so many more. Why am I saying that? Well, there was a team and it and they were making exoskeletons to help people with muscular problems walk correctly. Well, okay, so you've got an engineer, you've got a computer science, you got an OT, you got a PT, you have uh You know, other people with fabrication and all that for all these parts and pieces. And they're all working together for that. Well, girls don't think I'm going to be working. You know, when you think of computer science, most girls are going to think, I'm going to make the next race car game. That's what computer science people do. Or I'm going to sit in in an office all by myself and I'm just going to sit with the computer and sit on and look at it all the time. Well, those are jobs, there are jobs like that. But there are also jobs where you're on this team and you are building something together to better humanity. And that's gonna be a a hook for a lot of girls. It's gonna be a hook for guys too, but it's gonna be a hook for girls. There is a lady that I met who invented the, you know now when you go into some grocery stores or some big stores, there is a shopping cart, and you put your put your card charge card in it. And anything you put in the shopping cart, you get your you know charged to you when you leave, and you don't stand in line. I met the lady the lady who created that.
3: You hadn't seen that, Jason. Shut Back, up, Lance. I'm listening carefully here.
2: Her 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 husband backed her up and said, "Quit your job. We'll make we'll make this work," and they did. You know, I mean. There are so many people who have worked together with others to create that. And I think that's part of it. I think that girls want to hear, I'm going to be part of a group. I'm going to have a team and we're going to work together. And there are certain things, aspects of all the, the STEM jobs. If it's to better people, if it's to help people more girls are going to be interested. Now that doesn't mean that there aren't going to be girls who want to go write the next best video game that's violent or, you know, crashes cars or whatever. Sure. There are also women out there who are working on video games for children who are in oncology and are going through cancer treatments and chemo, and they are going to kill the bad the bad uh cancer cells and you never lose your life on it you just keep killing more cancer cells and if you do that while you are doing chemo your brain is saying we're killing the the bad cancer cells and you're helping your body is it gonna cure your cancer no but is it gonna help you help to heal yes if not mentally you know which mentally it does but physically it might even have some down the road they may even find that that helps physically
1: Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. you know but but who knows that those are going on right people we need to tell those stories to girls we need to tell those stories to everyone because there are great guys who aren't considering it but who would you know
3: well, let's get this podcast out there, then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. So,
0: Kelly, we're getting kind of close to the end of our time, and I have a very selfish question that I want to ask. Okay. Um, but I don't want to step over anything John or Lance want to say either. Um, but you will. But I, yeah, but he will. She, yeah. she yeah. has wa- yeah, we, listened yeah.
2: to
1: some of these podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Look at that.
3: <laughs> oh boy! She, so she knows us well. Well. <laughs>
2: what I did watch a couple.
3: <laughs> oh
0: man, all right, all right uh, yeah okay, yeah, you're right. here we go. <clears throat> I think what is happening within Lego education is pretty amazing. I think the the opportunities that that you and and other members of that small, very you know strategic team uh, the opportunities they have are just, it's just amazing. Um, I know a few years ago, I started to look into what it would take to be part of a team like that. And I just was wondering if you could lightly speak to what it takes to become part of the Lego family. It's not a casual application process and it's even difficult to navigate to where there are opportunities within Lego. So I wasn't sure if there's people that are listening to this podcast who have an interest in doing something along these lines, Uh, Where do you direct those people to go? What do you instruct them to do? What guidance can you give them? So
2: actually the lego.com and legoeducation.com websites have, if you scroll all the way to the bottom, they have a job opportunities X thing. And you can see what jobs are available and you literally go online and it is a long process. Mm -hmm. you, You fill it out. And then they have um, HR like people who are just specifically recruiting and they look at those. And if you make the cut for it, you meet the qualifications, then they'll do a, a little interview, get a cover letter kind of thing for, from you. And then you get into the hopper with the others and um then we have usually a three interview process where there's an initial interview with one or two people who would be on that team. And then they will go to, and then we cull that down to maybe three people and look at those three and have a, another set of interviews um, with the potential, of course your boss, the potential boss, but also the coworkers and, and then if we need to go through another process, we can. Um, you know, there are times when we have um, come through that whole process and we have decided we didn't like any of our top three candidates when we really had that last interview, which they right. didn't fit exactly. And there certainly is a Lego values, Lego company persona that we do look for.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's mm-hmm. not, that you, I mean, we have a, an onboarding process where you learn what the key core values are and how important the brand is and, and what you can and cannot do. Um, which to me is really common sense, but it, when you work for a brand like Lego uh, corporation, it is one of the top in the world, for people admiring the company, they put their money where their mouth is as far as the way they treat their employees. Um, Unbeknownst to most people, there is a little section of the Lego group called Kirkby, and we have enough wind power, solar power created, so alternative energy created, to equal all of our electricity usage around the world. Goal that they set to have happen by 2020, and we beat that. And they also, you know, are very efficient with lighting and all those kind of things. So it, it's so if you are going to come in and, and you think, well, I work for Lego, got big pockets, we can do whatever we want. It's probably not going to fit very well, you know, because right. it, it really, I mean they they're going to spend their money very wisely,
0: mm-hmm.
2: especially investing in the company. And there's a portion of the company that is called Lego foundation. And it is where a fourth of all the profits go. And it, and it does stuff like research on creativity, research on playful learning, research on education, but it also goes out into the poorest of the poor areas of the world and works with NGOs to bring a solid educational place for kids to learn, like maybe a place in South Africa. And they're going to work with NGOs to build a building that's not going to fall down, to make sure there's clean water, that there's a medical supply coming in and all those things. We don't supply all those, but we work to get all those groups together. And then we come in with Legos at the end. Because if the only thing you're giving a hungry sick child is a box of bricks. Who cares? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do more. And then they're ready to learn once they've been fed and they have clean water and they're not sick. Now they're ready to learn. And now we can come in and train the teachers and help them. So I, I think that people don't realize all of that's part of the Lego group. So there are lots of jobs, but I mean, I think I think everybody would love to work for for the company. It's a great company to work for, but um, there is a long process. So, like, you don't put in your resume or your you know your application and, t- and the next day you hear from HR.
0: <laughs> right, right.
2: Process, but we but there are I will tell you there are jobs available for both Lego Group and Lego Education, and you can go on and find them right now.
0: That's pretty cool. cool. So there you go. <laughs> There you go. So. There
1: you
2: go. I'd love to work with everyone.
0: Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. Well, I wanna say thank you, Kelly, uh, so much for giving us such great insight. Um, I think it'd be really exciting to attend any of your um, events where you might be giving uh, professional development speech or keynoting. Do you have a, a, a place where people can go to see where you might be speaking at different conferences or different events?
2: Well, yes. On LinkedIn, I start to put more and more information on LinkedIn about where I'm gonna be. So I mm-hmm. am here in Michigan. I'm gonna be coming there for McCall.
0: For McCall, which, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm gonna many, come to many, McCall. many years of presenting at McCall as a teacher. There and and with the company I work for now. So there you go. Yeah.
2: So I'm gonna be there. I'm also gonna be in California for Q and I'm gonna do mm-hmm. multiple sessions there. I just finished doing sessions at TCEA in Texas. Yep. I'm at ISTE this year. Um and all, the
0: big, all the biggies.
2: All the biggies. Yeah. Uh probably um I'm gonna do grad nation. Um they're gonna, I mean, I I get around. <laughs> <laughs> In a good way in a good right way. right
0: right right yeah. so
2: but great. but i will I will put more information up on LinkedIn, and I'm more than happy for people to link with me on LinkedIn. that is the, really the social media that I use the most i I do tweet but not very often um, mostly LinkedIn is where I put my education information
0: and, and that's how I connected with you and randomly reached yeah. out about the podcast, so we yeah. It works, folks. It works.
2: It does. Link, LinkedIn is a good, is a good place, and uh, so I'm more than happy to have people ask for me to link with them.
0: Perfect. Well, it's uh, my thanks to our guest Kelly tonight. My thanks to John. My thanks to Lance. Uh, be sure, and uh, if you like what you hear, tell your friends about the podcast. You can always reach out to us at uh, 40-ish Podcast on Twitter. Any of us, John, Jason, or Lance, on Facebook. Or, heck, you can even email us if you think you'd be a good guest or have a guest that you think would be interesting at podcast40ish at gmail.com. So, uh, Kelly, thank you again. John Lance, thank you. And uh, if I don't talk to you guys before, I'll catch you in the next one. Thank you. We'll see you later.